Thank you for taking the time to listen to this audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center. Our prayer is that you'll be encouraged and blessed by the anointed Word of God. If you'd like more information about Apostolic Worship Center and its ministries, visit our website at www.awcnorman.com. We're going to turn to the Word of the Lord. Acts chapter 2. Familiar passage of Scripture. We're going to go there again. I like familiar passages of Scripture because sometimes I can just pause in the familiarity of these Scriptures and just take in the surrounding and oftentimes find little things in those familiar surroundings that might otherwise be overlooked. We're going to look at it today. The 38th verse, Acts chapter 2, verse number 38. This is a response to a question that a convicted crowd had concerning their sin. What shall we do? They asked. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Verse 39, for, somebody say for, for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. For the next few moments, I preach from this subject today, the promise continues. The promise continues. Would you ask the Lord to help us now? Jesus, we need your help in the next little bit. Dear God, to help us. God, we need you, O Lord. Dear God, to take that which you've deposited in our spirit and our heart. Help us, O God, to be delivered of it today. Let faith, God, receive your word. And God, let, Lord, there be, God, that that's those signs following. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Somebody lift your voice and your hand with me to the Lord now. And would you make a joyful sound of praise to the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you today. I bless your name. I bless your name. Praise God. You may be seated. God bless you. I, I like history. I, I love history. Uh, here just, uh, just a few weeks ago, I uh, was privileged to stand on the USS Missouri. Uh, we were supposed to have been on the USS Arizona, but uh, things got turned around and we didn't get to be there. I've been there many, many years ago. My wife has not been and I was looking forward to it, but we did get to go stand on the USS Missouri. It's where uh, World War II ended in Tokyo Bay, and uh, the surrender of the of the Japanese to the Allied forces. Standing there, taking in all of those moments and all of the things that were a part of that ship and that that time frame. As I meandered down through the ship after the, the guided tour and was taking in various other exhibits that were there, uh, my wife is not a lover of museums. Uh, she does not enjoy standing and reading and looking at all of this stuff. And I do. 
And so I'm standing here and I'm reading letters soldiers have written. And uh, she just kind of taps me on the shoulder and she says, I'm going on, I'll catch you somewhere out front. <laughs> I like history. I enjoy history. Uh, the Smithsonian in Washington, D.C., uh, we went with our, when our boys were little, uh, and uh, they, they stood patiently out in the heat while Daddy meandered his way through that vast array of, of collection of things and, and information. I, I, I enjoy history. Uh, the Bible is not only an inspired book, but it is a book of history. Uh, it is an accumulation of, of events that transpired that have been documented. In the Old Testament, we have historical books that we can read uh, concerning the, the nation of Israel, her rise and fall throughout uh, uh, Judges and Joshua and uh, Samuel and Kings and Chronicles and Ezra and Nehemiah. These are oftentimes referred to as the historical books of the Old Testament. When you come to the New Testament and you look into that canon of Scripture, the book of Acts appears to be the one lone historical book of the New Testament. And in that book of history, it documents the, the birth and the spread of the church. So if you want to know how the church began, if you want to know how the church started, you got to go read the book of Acts because that's the historical book that tells you how that church started. If you want to know how it spread through the then known air, you need to go read the book of Acts because the book of Acts will tell you of the spread of that church. In fact, the, the author of the book of Acts, being Luke himself, he, he felt it was, was upon him and his responsibility in this inspired process. And he, he writes two books, the Gospel of Luke. He also writes the the book of Acts and if you'll look at their opening verses in the book of Luke chapter 1 and the book of Acts chapter 1 he, he tells us that his, his process here and what he wants to accomplish is to write in order all that Jesus began both to do and to teach so that there is this, this documented process of the history that begins, to, begins the, the opening part of that, that book. He writes in Acts chapter 1, verse number 1, he says, The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. He said, now, the former treaties, which was the gospel of Luke, that I, I, I wrote to you of all that Jesus began to do and to teach. And now in Luke Acts chapter 1 verses 4 through 8, he carefully ties the events of the book of Acts to the ministry of Jesus Christ, making it very clear that it was the ministry of Christ that brings about uh, this outpouring of the Holy Ghost. He says, John truly baptized with water. And then he describes, 
describes the continuation when he says, ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. So we really could put kind of one word on the book of Acts and we could sum it up like this, that the book of Acts is, is, is about things that continue things that move forward and that continue to perpetuate themselves as time goes on. Acts is not a separate book from what Jesus began to do. Rather, it is a continuation of what he started. So everything we read in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is just the, the beginning. It's like the, the very opening uh, uh, stream of a river as it begins to it begins to flow and as it flows out and it gets into the book of Acts it flows out wider and wider and wider in fact the book of Acts could really be something like this it's, it's kind of like Ezekiel's river that we read about in the Old Testament Ezekiel's river starts at the altar it flows out and under the threshold of the temple and as it flows out Ezekiel observed that that river got wider wider and wider and wider until finally he comes and makes this statement concerning the river. He said it was a river that could not be passed over. In other words, you had to contend with the river. You had to deal with the river. So when you talk about the book of Acts, you could really say that it is a river that cannot be passed over. And really, the book of Acts is simply that. It is a, 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 an account of things that happen in the realm of the Spirit that our world has not been able to get over and has not been able to get around and they cannot pass over it. They've tried to ignore it. They've tried to relegate it to, to some other time, but they cannot get over the flow that is found in the book of Acts. Now, we live in, we live in an environment and a time where history is under attack. Uh, we live in, in what, what do they call it? A woke society? That means folks that supposedly have become enlightened and they want to destroy history and do away with yesterday hoping to somehow or another change their future. Well, we kind of have the same idea and concept in, in, in the church. There are those that would like to somehow or another tear down the book of Acts, that would like to destroy the book of Acts, that would like to somehow or another relegate it to another time that is even, even offensive to the time that we are presently in and, and maybe even relegate it to a spiritual museum somewhere where we peer into the events of another generation generation but we're not allowed to participate in all of that. Let me say very clearly on this Sunday morning and let it, there be no mistake about it. The book of Acts is a river that cannot be passed over. It is a river that at some point you must cross. It is a river that at some point you must deal with. It is a river that at some point you must find a way to navigate because the book of Acts is not just a historical record of yesterday. It is a precedent that is set for not only that time, but for all generations. That 
is the book of Acts. Now understand that there are those that would take this book and, and they say all of those spiritual events have ceased. They, they, have, they, have, they have died away with the apostles and, and so they preach a cessation doctrine that, that the book of Acts, it, it was true, it did happen. There was outpours of the Holy Ghost and there were these miraculous things that happened. Uh, folks spoke in tongues. There were healings. There were prophets. There, there were gifts of the Spirit. All of these things transpired, but that ceased with the apostles, and that is not something that works today or operates or functions today. Yet, History documents quite well. Church historians, Encyclopedia Botanica, even the Catholic Encyclopedia documents that throughout time, from the time that the Holy Ghost was poured out on the day of Pentecost, throughout all time there have been documented cases of people receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost by the evidence of speaking in other tongues. It has been documented historically that in catacombs and caves when the church was under such oppression and persecution that people received this wonderful gift and were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins. And so their way to get around history and these documented cases is now the church comes back and the religious environment comes back and says, well, that all of that that happened, it, it may have happened, but it was declared to be heresy by the then present church. Can I tell you, labels have never hindered the flow of the work of God. You can't put enough labels on the church to hinder what God started in the book of Acts. You can't put enough, enough words that somehow or another degrade to destroy the function of the kingdom of God. Uh, may I say to you my response to their calling it heresy is Paul's response. After the way called heresy, so worship I the God of my fathers. You can call it heresy if you want to, but I put my foot in something that started in the upper room and I have found out that it is water to swim in. You can put labels that degrade if you want to, but I have stepped into a stream and a flow of the Spirit of God that has changed and transformed my life. You can call it whatever you want to call it, but I can tell you there's a river that flows from the throne of God and it's full of the power of the Holy Ghost. Is anybody glad you've stepped into the river? Can I tell you today, if you're on the bank, it's time to get off the bank. If you're on the sideline, it's time to get off the sideline and it's time to get in the flow of the river and find out that it's real. It's real. It's real. And so Peter was not just addressing the moment. Question has been posed and, and conviction is being felt. He has described to them how Christ came and how Christ ministered and how they have crucified the one that was the Lord's anointed and was their Messiah. Under conviction, 
They now say, what are our options? Are, is there a way out of the mess that we find ourselves in? And so they ask the question, what must we do to be saved? And when they ask this question, Peter responds to them and tells them in that 39th verse that there is a promise that is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. By saying that, Peter was saying that what has started right here in this upper room that's so amazing and so incredible is fulfilling Joel's prophecy that he would pour out his spirit upon all flesh. And he gives to them a certainty of this promise when he says, for the promise is. It's not that the promise might be or the promise was or the promise could be, but the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off. He said, even as many as the Lord our God should call, this promise is unto all generations. Now notice with me in that 39th verse because it begins with a very interesting word in Acts chapter 2 and verse number 39. It's a small word. It's only a three-letter word, but it's a very powerful word. That word for. Somebody say for. For now becomes a word upon which these two verses are tied together and forever connected in eternity. The 38th verse and the 39th verse are tied together by that small three-letter word, for. Because the word for acts as a binder. It acts as a string, a rope that ties the 39th verse of promise to the 38th verse of commandment and ties the two together, making them joint and one together. So when he tells them, this convicted crowd in the 38th verse, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And then he says in that 39th verse, for the promise is unto you. He ties the gift of the Holy Ghost to the promise that is unto you in the 39th verse. Let me say it very clearly on this Sunday morning that the promise is the gift of the Holy Ghost. What was preached in the book of Ezekiel when Ezekiel said that he would take out of them a stony heart and he would put into them a, 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 a new heart and he would fill them with the Spirit and what Joel spoke of in Joel chapter 2 when he said I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh and what John came along heralding when he said I baptize you with water but there comes one after me that will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and what Jesus 
Jesus said in His ascending remarks when He said, Go tarry in Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. That promise is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Can I say to you on this Sunday morning, there is no greater promise that you could have in all your life than the promise of God's indwelling Spirit inside of you. There's no greater pledge that you could ever get than the one the Heavenly Father made that I will fill you. I will fill you with my Spirit and I will make your body a temple of the Holy Ghost. That promise is to every individual, young or old, rich or poor. It is to every individual regardless of their strata of life. That promise belongs to every individual regardless of what they've done, where they've been, where they've gone. That promise belongs to every alcoholic. It belongs to every drug addict. It belongs to every prostitute. It belongs to every gambler. It belongs to every addicted person. Hear me today. The promise is on to you. What is that promise? It's the indwelling presence of the baptism of the Holy Ghost inside of your life. Somebody ought to worship a little bit today because you got a promise. The promise is unto you. God said, I'll fill you with the Holy Ghost. I don't care what you've done to your body. I don't care how you've mistreated it. I don't care what you've drug it through. I'll fill it with my presence and I'll live inside of you. But that word for not only ties the promise to the gift of the Holy Ghost, that word for eternally ties the promise of verse number 39 to the commandment of verse number 38 so that they remain inseparable throughout all time. When Peter responded that what they needed to do to change the course that they were in where they with wicked hands had crucified the Lord, they need to repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost For the promise is on to you. In other words, the commandment and the promise goes together. I can't have the promise without obedience to the commandment. I can't have the promise unless I obey the commandment. The promise comes in obedience to repentance and water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. The promise comes in obedience to that 38th verse. That tells me that the 38th verse is not something to tear down. It's not something to bring into some state of ruin or or disrepair, but it is something that in the 21st century is still to be obeyed that the way to the promise is to repent come on the way to the promise is to repent does anybody hear what I'm preaching today the way to the promise is repent of your sins the way to the promise is to be buried in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins if I've got the commandment I've got the promise. If I've got the promise, I've obeyed the commandment. They are tied together forever and ever and ever. 
Oh, friend, I want you to understand today on this Sunday morning to please don't put this in a museum somewhere. Please don't take this and relegate it to yesterday. This is something that this generation needs. We're in a mess today. We're in a crisis. We're in a world that's falling apart. And I've come to tell you there's something that still works. And it's this Acts 2.38 message that if men will repent, God will forgive. If men will be buried in the name of Jesus Christ, He will wash away their sins and fill them with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Oh, somebody clap your hands and just shout a little bit now. Praise God. Praise God. That word for. Look at it again in Acts chapter 2 and verse number 39. Pay very close attention now. For. It ties the 38th verse and the 39th together. It ties the promise to the gift. It ties the promise to the commandment. But that word for, it's not just a word that ties the promise to the gift, the promise to the commandment. That word for can also be translated to mean continue, that which proceeds on. That which moves forward. Repent, he said, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For it's a word of continuation from the 38th verse that means that this commandment and this gift is now going to flow and as it flows it's just going to keep on flowing and it's going to keep on moving from one generation to the next generation notice what he says now in this 39th verse for the promise the gift of the Holy Ghost is unto you if he would have stopped there if the 39th verse would have stopped with for the promises unto you, it would have only been for those present at the day of Pentecost. Now we can say there's cessation. Now we can say that the book of Acts has ceased, that it no longer belongs because it's only unto you, those that was in the immediate crowd. But he didn't stop with for the promises unto you. He proceeds on for the promises unto you and to your children. If he would have stopped at the end of children and would have put a period, then we could say that it only belonged to the Jews, and now we have cessation. The book of Acts has ceased. All of its spiritual properties does not belong because it was only to them and their children. But he didn't put a period at the end of children. He says, comma, and even to all that are afar off. Now if he would have put a period after the end of off, it would have ended with Acts chapter 8, Samaria. Acts chapter 10, the Gentiles. Then Cornelius' house. Now we can say Acts has ceased. It's no longer relevant to us today. But he didn't put a period at the end of off. He put a comma and then said 
even as many as the Lord our God shall call. In other words, what Peter was saying in that 38th and 39th verse is what I've just told you is applicable to all generations, all people at all times, wherever you're at, whoever you are, whatever environment that you're in, this work of Pentecost continues. The promise is still alive and well in the 21st century. Let me say it clearly today. Can I tell you that the Holy Ghost is poured out upon all flesh. Young, old, rich, or poor. The Holy Ghost is poured out upon all nations regardless of where they're at on the globe. Everybody can receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So let me say to our religious world on this Sunday morning and let me make it very clear today that the river that started on the day of Pentecost still flows in the 21st century. It's still alive and well in 2022. People are still receiving the Holy Ghost by the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Uh, there's still, still a spiritual manifestation. There are still spiritual gifts. Uh, there are still those that speak under the unction and the anointing uh, of the Holy Ghost, uh, giving a word that can only the Spirit can give. Uh, there are still healings and miracles and signs uh, and wonders uh, for the promise uh, continues. We have all been just blown away by the environment of the times that we're in. The newspaper is absolutely filled with such depressing, despondent news and information. We read about wars and we read about such hideous murders and massacres and we read about our own nation as we celebrate this 4th of July. We, we, we read about it teetering and it's in this state of tottering and it seems maybe on some fronts that we may even wonder about its continuity and its survival. And if we're not careful... We can take this environment that we're in and we can take this condition that prevails around us and we can see all of the corruption and the crooked stuff and we see all of the mess be it in the the halls of the politicians or whether it is in the environments of our community on our own streets. We can take all of this and we can somehow another paint everything with this broad brush that we are in this state of disrepair and ruin and that there is really no hope at all. And may I tell you on this Sunday morning that the promise continues in the disruption and the, 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 the mess of Washington, D.C. Can I tell you that the promise continues within the corruption and the, the, the topsy-turvy condition of our environment. The promise continues and it continues while homes are falling apart. I just read this morning uh, the, some, some, an article that had to do with... Uh, 
with how Hollywood viewed uh, divorce. And uh, as uh, I read that article, I was absolutely amazed and dumbfounded because uh, as, as they were talking about these various Hollywood stars, they were, 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 were presenting it from the standpoint standpoint that you know uh, that that's just the part of life we just we just swap we just swap spouses and and uh, we're, we're here for a little while and then we're over here for a little while and then we're over here for a little while this is just you know kind of normal life and and it, it, it was an article that was grandizing uh, this 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 disarray amongst uh, those that are entertaining the vast majority of our world and, and I'm sitting here scratching my head and thinking my we're a messed up environment and then I I, I flip the I, I flip the screen a little bit there and I, I go to another page and I, and I, I see the crooked stuff that some politician has done and I see how messed up and I'm thinking my goodness I, I, we just might as well call church off this morning I mean we just we just we just might as well close the doors down this, this, this is a mess I mean they're grandizing all this stuff in Hollywood and, and then this screen over here is telling me about all these crooked stuff the politicians are doing and and then I, I go over here and I, I, I read about stuff that's happening in, in supposed churches and all the crooked stuff taking place there. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm about ready to fold up my Bible and, and take all my notes and just, you know, just, just give them away because uh, hey, there's just not much point. And then I come back and I look at what I feel the Lord has given me an unction to, to speak today. And I hear this little voice from God that says, and the promise continues. And the promise continues. And the promise continues because it doesn't matter how messed up. It don't matter how, how out of culture. It don't matter how out of sorts. It don't matter how ugly it gets. It don't matter how topsy-turvy it becomes. It don't matter who is in leadership. The promise continues. You can't, you can't build a dam and stop this stuff. You, can, you can't somehow or another throw enough junk and garbage in the river of this apple message to somehow or another bring it to a screeching halt I'm here to tell you it flowed through the catacombs it flowed through the caves it flowed through the dark ages it's flowed from the beginning of time and it still flows today the promise continues to every generation every man every woman every boy every girl and I feel an invitation of the Holy Ghost on this Sunday morning that it's time to step into the river and find out what God has for us because it's a stream unlike any other thing that you're ever going to step into when you step into the power and the glory of the Holy Ghost. Does anybody believe the promise? Come on, does anybody believe the promise? Come on, does anybody believe it's for your house? Come on, does anybody believe today that the promise is for you and for your children and to those that are afar off, even as many? Come on now. Come on now. Come on now. Come on now. Come on, the promise, the promise, the promise, the promise. Somebody clap your hands and shout a little bit now to the Lord. Come on, I feel a flow of the Holy Ghost. Come on, I feel a flow of the Holy Ghost. The promise continues. Would you stand with me today? Would you?
just lift your hand and your voice to the Lord? Would you make a joyful sound of praise to the Lord Jesus Christ? boy yours came up to me this morning I was standing back here and he came up to me and I felt his arms come around me I looked down he had a pretty navy suit on nice blue tie I mean he was out dressing his papa he does he was and he said I just just wanted to give you a hug There's just nothing sweeter than them little grandbabies. But I've wondered, because I got some of my own. And I look at the mess of this world, and I look how thoughts are just, it's crazy. I can't even wrap my mind around what it's doing. And then I look at them little grandkids, and I say, God, what about them? Will they make it? Will, will they be able to survive? I mean, they're, they're being told they can pick who they want to be. They're, they're, they're being told they can decide what gender they want to be. They're being filled with all this anti-God garbage stuff. And I'm, I'm wondering, can it ever happen? But then Sister Tim's I'm reminded that you and your husband preached the gospel in Arizona. <laughs> and it didn't stop. It continues to this generation. So those little grandkids and ours, I'm telling you, the promise continues. The promise continues. I'm so happy to see you up there this morning getting to pray for you asking God to touch you you're an awesome young man I want you to know the promise continues to you what's in the book of Acts you can have all of it it belongs to you you can have every bit of it don't you let anybody or any school ever tell you that it's over because it ain't and that's not good English but it ain't come on the promise continues I said the promise continues the promise the hope of it the glory of it oh let's magnify the Lord all over this Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
Jesus. I'm just going to give a simple altar call here this morning. If you're here in this building and you've never repented of your sins, you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost, I'm opening this altar to you right now. God wants you to experience this wonderful, precious gift in your heart. The promise is unto you. It belongs to you. And it is yours. And you can have it today. You just step out in faith. Make your way down the aisle toward this front and just lift your hand to heaven. And say, God, I want that precious gift. I want that precious experience in my heart today. I need it. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I've got to have it. Wherever you're at from across the building, you want this precious gift. You want the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's it. God's ready to give it. God's ready to give it. I need I need a couple of ladies real quickly to come to stand right here. God's going to feel free with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Come on, there's some others. Come on, I, I need some help right here. God's wanting to fill. God's wanting to fill this young man with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Come on. Come on, is there anybody else here today? You want the baptism of the Holy Ghost? You have been listening to an audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center located in Norman, Oklahoma. We are located at 3221 North Porter Avenue, Norman, Oklahoma, 73071. Our service times are Sunday at 10 o'clock a.m. and 6 o'clock p.m. And we also have various ministries happening on Wednesday night. For more information, visit our website, www.awcnorman.com. Call us at 405-329-1285 or email us at info at awcnorman.com. We hope that this recording has been a blessing to you.